Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Greetings, comrades, and uh, welcome to the Eastern Border. And this episode might have a bit of echo, might uh, have some people interrupting this this whole show. However, um, I'm recording from the Latvian embassy in Ukraine, in Kiev, and I have to give special thanks to the sole Latvian person in the whole embassy, Edvins, who's been providing immense help to us. And I hope that you guys in our government that listen to this show, and I know that you exist, really do appreciate his work. He's just an amazing person. Also, well, we've had a lot of interesting things going on. I was the only Latvian journalist in yesterday's conference and meeting with the, which, which happened between the Mr. Zelensky and four presidents of Baltic states and Poland. And, well, it was a weird thing since we had to wait for four hours, I suppose, a bit more, I guess. Well, it was a pretty long wait. And there was a lot of security. Apparently, Biden also called in. That was strange. But, um, well, in the end, there were only two questions uh, that the press could ask, and I got to ask one of them, which actually surprised me. And, uh, well, I, I, asked them, I asked this question from, from the show, from the Eastern Border, and we will give you the full audio of my question and the answers of the presidents at the end of this episode. But, um, but yeah, this, this really surprised me because, hey, you know, uh, this is not for Latvian media. This is not for anything super official. This is basically what we do for, for you guys. And, um, well, a lot of you had asked me about this, about this parallel alliance to NATO and uh, this whole idea that Intermarium might be restored because, well, it seems a bit weird since we're all in NATO, but maybe there could be some possibility for this. And the answers given to me were... Well, not exactly what you would expect, to be honest. You'll hear that all at the end of this episode, but for now, for now I have, uh, have some news for you. For starters, Igor Girkin, uh, my favorite source, my favorite enemy, if I can say so, because, you know, he's the guy who provides us with all the information about what's happening in the war from a very, very pro-war, anti-Putin perspective, because he's even crazier than Putin himself, yeah, he's um, he's come up with a nice little quote that he posted on his Telegram channel, which states that um, no matter what the commander-in-chief and President Vladimir Putin states, he'll have to fight until victory or Hague. There is no third option. And I agree with that. I agree with that because he can't win 
this war. I mean, what does victory even mean for him? If we look at ro what Russia wants to achieve, it was originally stated as some mysterious denazification, but those are not concrete goals anyways. This war was lost by Russia as it started. I mean, what does it mean for Russia to win this war? We don't really know. But we, what we do know is that um, Ukraine will win this war once they get their territorial sovereignty back. And, and now, now the person who's who's doing the role of an ambassador here is looking at me, and probably judging me for for not speaking extremely professionally. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a this is a weird place to record, but it's fine. <laughs> at any rate, Ukraine's victory we we see clearly. We can see that Ukraine at the end of this, because at this point I don't think they'll do any territorial concessions. I think they'll want Crimea back. That's a personal opinion here, but I think that Donetsk and Lugansk uh, are regions that definitely will have to return to Ukraine. And the Crimea, well, depends on the, their power or on the talking table, really. Since at this point, at this point where the situation where the result of peace talks shall come, like on the battlefield, people will have to fight for it. And right now, uh, as I believe, Mr. Putin wants to achieve something on the battlefield, to have, you know, something that he can show for all of his efforts, for all of the dead soldiers and everything. And he needs that. He needs this one little point which he can use to have some bargaining chip on the table over there. I'm not sure he'll get it. About all the situation, well, apparently pro-Russian media also reports that... Uh, well, about 20 to 40 percent. Well, let's let's give it a modest score. Let's give it a 30 percent then. About 30 percent of all the contract people, the enlisted men, how I call them, you know, because the rest are conscripts. Yeah, about 30 percent of contracted soldiers refuse to go to war again. And um, I got a I got a nice little message on Twitter showing uh, what what they get stamped in their passports. You know, if you refuse to go to war against Ukraine in Russia then you get a stamp in your passport that says that you are basically with a tendency for lies and deception and uh, and traitor and you're being a traitor basically for not participating into this special operation you know this special operation in the territories of Donetsk and Lugansk and Ukraine so hey hey well we we literally if you're a, if you're an anti-fascist a real a real good human being in russia and you're serving the russian army then you can get a stamp in your passport that basically absolves you of war crimes at this point since you all listened to my episode about about borodinsk and, and bucha bordyanka sorry and bucha and and all this stuff and it just shook me to the core but hey we we have we have all the situation and um, another thing that I want to mention is that Igor Girkin, just as myself, receives a lot of messages from very strange people, I suppose. I don't know how to call them exactly because I don't know in what position you should be in your life to support murder of other people, especially civilians. However, well, there are some people who are apparently good enough for, for this guy to put them on his Telegram channel. And interestingly enough that, um, that there are people who still blame this and they have a letter for you. The letter, is, letter comes from an anonymous soldier. And I don't think it comes from a soldier. There's a lot of places where this could come from because we, we we, we're living in a world where um, sources can't really be trusted. 
but I really just read this and I thought, this might really go well for the show. So, quote, The fall of um, the Soviet, soon, uh, Soviet Union, but according to the real reality and according to the facts of a thousand-year-old state, Yes, because obviously for them the Soviet Union was the same state as Tsarist Russia, although Lenin would probably shoot you for such statements, happened, well, relatively peacefully. Kind of like in advance. You know, like you get your payment in advance sometimes if you want to. Because over here, unlike in the States or anywhere else, we get paid once per month, but you can grab an advance if you really need one. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And um, right now, currently, we are, and again, this is Russian information, currently we are just paying back our debt. The things that really belong to Russia are not the borders of 1991, but if you look closer, then the true Russian borders are 1917. The correct political, uh, political goals and the political viewpoint about how you could judge everything that's happening right now should come from basically the manliness and the courage of various generations of the Russian, of Russian people who have been fighting against the West for prolonged periods of time. And kind of the evidence of such manliness and such courage is to look into the eyes of the truth and we should, we should have harsh decisions made about how we relate ourselves to our government and how we accept these, these truths. Anything that basically, you know, attempts to, to hide the, our head in the sand, so to speak, leads only to ruination and only leads to attempts that are ever-increasing to shatter us, to make sure that our empire doesn't last. We must not accept this. We are here fighting for our own land, and I repeat again, this is Russian, pro-war point of view, we are fighting for our own land against Nazis, against separatists who would like to destroy our national freedoms and national self-sovereignty. We should all now just together focus our attention on how, how Mr. Putin is leading this special operation and no matter our opposition to him, even though he is a Western liberal and as, as such an evil at his own core, at this point, he's the only leader that we have. Therefore, we should all gather around Putin and aid him in any way possible, and then we can deal with quote-unquote scum, especially liberal scum, afterwards. 
So yeah, this is uh, the general viewpoint of things inside of Russia about all this situation, and that deeply saddens me since, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I had a conversation with Dan Carlin yesterday after like two hours and um, after this presidential meeting, and we, we were going to bring up this show as soon as we can, and as long as I wanted to edit this monstrosity, but... Yeah, as I mentioned in that episode, um, it would be easy for, for Russia to admit their own war crimes and everything they've done terribly, maybe. However, well, seems that even people who dislike Putin are now, well, playing playing his cards, basically, dancing to his violin or something. And, uh, well, let's, let's just end this before our questions on a bit of a good note. Apparently... Apparently, the Russian ship that had shelled the Snake Island had received heavy damage today and was on fire. Yeah, seems that two Ukrainian rockets had struck the ship. Now, I don't know exactly where the Ukrainians got their rockets or what happened there, but it still exists, and it's pretty nice that the war continues and that one day Ukraine, well, shall actually defeat things. Now, what's going to happen is that we're going to play you my question and the responses to it. And I think that'll be interesting to you because you're all my supporters. But um, before we go, well, question at the end. But for now, до свидания, товарищи. And happiness is mandatory. And of course, please support us on Patreon and click the donate button on the Eastern Board button. And we are going to have a long two-hour discussion with Dan Carlin about all this show. Goodbye. Do you see the potential for a parallel alliance to NATO that would include Ukraine and maybe in the future Belarus, if they deal with Lukashenko, to increase security in the region? Something like a new intermarium, in seeing that there is an increasing popular demand for it, so that the security, security in the region would increase. If you can, can you rephrase the question? Because. Do you see the potential of a parallel military alliance in, in the region that would parallel NATO, but that would consist of the Baltic countries, Poland and Ukraine, and probably Belarus in the future if they manage to, to get their democratically elected president instead of Lukashenko? Do you see the potential of such an organization as there is increasing popular demand in it? I am a keen believer in NATO, and I think this organization is the most credible and strongest deterrence measure. Any efforts, any attempts to divide it, to create additional organizations, might lead to the unnecessary competition between those organizations and will divide our forces. So what is extremely needed right now, our unity, and we cannot allow us luxury to divide uh, the NATO or the whole region into different subzones of security. Security is only one, and this security has to work by 100%. And for me, the best assurance of this uh, security is Article 5. Article 5 is not just about rhetorics. Article 5 is about the commitment of NATO allies to uh, react smoothly, fast and decisively to the things, events happening right now. And I strongly believe, no matter what 
some uh, maybe partners or colleagues are talking about the perspective of Ukraine in NATO. I believe that sooner or later Ukraine will be in NATO and will enjoy all the possibilities uh, of this strongest organization in the world, strongest defense organization in the world. So this is my position and position on my country. I think that Ukraine will be in NATO when Kitanis now said it will be a Secretary General of NATO. Well, unfortunately, we're not yet in NATO. And answering your question, I would like to say that we need security guarantees. Even though we're not a NATO member nation, we are willing to have security. That is why we are currently negotiating on a series of uh, security guarantors. Um, so as uh, uh, our Polish journalist has mentioned, there's brotherhood relations. And unfortunately, we have uh, the neighbors, or as they call them, brothers, who are very dangerous. And they came here to torture and uh, to kill people. And oh, that is why we truly need the security guarantees. No. Well, I can add just uh, answer is very simple. I mean, it's impossible because um, in Estonia, Estonian people don't su support the idea, idea to leave NATO. And being in two organizations in parallel, it's impossible. 